Hello, and welcome to your Thursday edition of the Holy Commutes podcast, the only show in Wiffle Ball that gives you daily Wiffle content from around the Wiffle world. My name is Will Smithy, your host for this Thursday edition of Holy Commutes during this January 2024 season. This is, while not my first podcast I've been on, this is the first one I've had to do the technical part of, so if things do not sound great or come through that clean, I apologize in advance as this is a little bit new to me as I'm not that much of a tech-savvy person as people in the Circle City League know. Start off my Thursday hostings of Holy Commutes. I'm going to talk about the five events or tournaments or leagues that I played in last year. Um, I'm going to talk about a takeaway from each one that is something that is on the forefront of my mind coming into this upcoming season. Whether that's something that would be an easier thing to win a tournament or how a, how the leap would go in my eyes or just something something from each event that I just feel like I could share my thought processes on going into this next year as we're kind of going in going into 2024 coming from 2023 for wiffle ball so the five events that i'm considering that i played in in the order that which they finished was the first one is mall opening day the second one was the nwa tournament the third one is the hometown cup the fourth one was the ccw circle city wiffle ball league that i played in and the last one is the United Wiffle, the national championship. So I have a little bit of thoughts on all of them. I'm constantly thinking about Wiffle Ball, as I know many people in the Wiffle Ball world probably are. Um, but these are just something that I think are really on the forefront of my mind coming into this new year. Something that I think just would be a good thing to think about. So the first one, mall opening day, just kind of a mall tournament in general. This was the first mall tournament I had ever played in. One, really enjoyed it. I'm hoping I can try to get back to another mall tournament again this year. Um, the takeaway from it that I think stands out the most was just kind of the discipline needed to play situational wiffle ball, I feel like, in order to win win a mall tournament. Playing all of the games in one day, I think it was very easy to get maybe a little lackadaisical mentally at times. Um where certain situational things would kind of just e- elude you. I know for us at Circle City, one of the things that like we struggled with was just staying in in the game to yell tag. Such so a very simple thing, but without really practicing or having a lot of situational awareness on that, uh, there were several times in that tournament where we easily could have yelled tag just to get either a runner to second to third or even third to home that we just never thought of. Well, that probably comes with some experience, um, that's just like one example I feel like where playing clean, situational wiffle ball and doing it with discipline the entire day just makes it much easier to win a tournament like that where so many games are happening. It's very easy for teams to get like a daisical or lazy and maybe miss a few things here or there. Um, I also think like with the discipline aspect not giving not giving up anything to the other teams, kind of the walks or airs or different swinging at pitches that, you know, you can't actually drive in situations like that. 
um, with the four, two counts and the all day tournaments and stuff that it really is really tough during a whole day. I feel like to stay in that discipline approach. Um, but in order to win the tournaments, I think the teams that are doing it can stay there all day and work on that all day. And that's how they're able to win some of these small tournaments. So the next event that I feel like I have a takeaway for is the NWA tournament. So the, uh, this one is a little bit unique where I don't think, I don't think people are thinking about it as much as they should. And this is just understanding like the nuances of all the clean balls using a clean ball bucket. I, I know I have a little bit more experience playing in the league with clean balls, especially at the dirt yard on dirt where some balls will be scuffed a little bit more than others. Um, but I think having a, having a bucket of clean balls is actually a, an advantage to the pitcher over just using a single ball. I think knowing, knowing the differences of a clean ball where I could throw one pitch and know based on which ball I have in my hands, it may go up or it may go down or, or it may go straight to the side, even though it's the same pitch. I think knowing which one you're going to get the, the, the correct movement for is an extreme, extreme advantage for the pitcher. Now, obviously with the clean balls, it doesn't work out every single time. Um, we all know that some of them, sometimes you throw a clean ball and it only goes 30 feet. It goes straight down that those balls we can throw out. I'm not worried about those ones. But I think a lot of the times when I'm looking into that bucket, I can throw that hard, you know, slider that most people throw with that clean ball. But if I, if I have a certain ball in the bucket that I know it's going to dip, maybe more like a hard slurve and another ball that's going to go up like a rising slider. If I can throw each of those out of the same arm slot and know which balls in the buckets are going to do which, that's a, that's an extreme advantage over the hitter that they're just seeing that hard slider, but it's going to be hard for them to account for either up or down movement within that slider or sometimes just straight across. So I think that's something that is definitely a takeaway that I'm going to be and I'm going to try to like work with both pitchers in my league about things that I see. So that way they can uh, try to utilize it as well at this NWA tournament this upcoming season. Because I think that's a, a great advantage to have as a pitcher if you know those types of things with your balls. Because it's it's really just going to make you more accurate on the board as well in a tournament where you don't want to be walking in runs there. You want to make people earn their runs with the yellow bat. Knowing what that ball is going to do is going to be really, really key to throwing great games and giving your team good chances to win. So the next event that I have a takeaway for that finished up was the hometown cup. So this was my third year playing in the hometown cup for people that know all about the hometown cup and the slow pitch, slow pitch national championship. I think the misconception of it is that you have to, out slug, but meaning out homer the other team in order to win the game. Now, hitting 15, 20 homers a game, it, it's going to make it your life a lot easier to win this tournament and win this games, um, especially come Sunday when you're grinding out through um, the winners, the winners bracket facing really good teams. But I think it gets really overlooked the importance of manufacturing runs in that slow pitch style. I'm really having this takeaway from watching the 
the Granger Panthers this year win this win this tournament, where even on fields that were into the wind, were hitting a wiffle ball, you know, 100, 120 feet were hard. They were constantly putting up double digit runs because they were able to place place balls down the lines or right through center field and continuously take the extra base on either throws or fieldings or little bobbles. That was something that I feel like is very, very underappreciated at that tournament. Now, this may just be because I'm not playing slow pitch wiffle ball all year. This is really the only time I get to play the tournament. I don't go up and play in the Orble. But the way that I was watching them just, I guess, run their offense at Migley Field in the championship and the Final Four was extremely impressive to me. They're Obviously, they're still hitting homers. They're still very, very good, like power, slow pitch players. But they just constantly be they constantly seem to end up on second base on a hit rather than stopping at first. And I think coming from like Circle City, like when we come up there, I think the biggest thing for us is like we're we're obviously trying to hit homers, but we're not really worried about taking extra bases. We're we're just hitting homers, trying to outslug the other team, get your runs that way. And there's so many fields at that tournament that you play on, and it's always it's always a little bit windy where you're going to have games that you're just not going to be able to hit five or 10 home runs. You're going to hit maybe one and the other team could also like maybe hit one and you're going to play a low scoring game and you're going to have to manufacture runs. And I think having like athletic people on the team going around the bases, taking extra bases is really, really key to winning that tournament. That tournament's always one that I look forward to every year. And I know like at CCW this year, we sent four or five teams up and we had a big pool where we were trying to see who could hit the most homers over the weekend, stuff like that to make it fun. Um, But I think that may take away a little bit of us wanting to manufacture runs and just putting up as many runs as we can to, to win games and overall actually win that tournament. We had, we had teams make it farther than ever this year. And I, I still think we have a lot, a lot left to learn and kind of put into our own game um, in order to win that tournament stuff that we can get better on. So the other, the next thing that finished up that my takeaways for is this the Circle City Wiffle Ball League. So the big thing that I'm looking for here is kind of the next wave that our league takes. So this isn't something that's necessarily needed to win the tournament or anything like, or not win the tournament, win the league title or anything like that. But I'm just kind of looking at this as a league as a whole. Um, we have we had some guys re- starting to retire that have been there the entire time. Um, we have some some people starting to have families, like our commissioner, Brendan Dudas, and Dylan Jones, who does a lot of the groundskeeping stuff. Like, they, they each had babies this past year. Um, so I'm kind of looking at that next wave where we have some people kind of step up and take some take some either some ownership in the league or what what the league's going to look like if we can get that next wave of kind of group to come in, similar to how – Ridley Park has kind of two waves, the older the older guys, and then there's like a whole wave that's a few years younger. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to see if we can get that for CCW and get something like that in. And then kind of along with that, we are growing um, slowly. Uh, we were up to seven teams this year. And one of the things we're looking to add is adding a field beyond, beyond the left field of the dirt yard, making it an all-grass field, but still making it nice, good grass, cut down real close, putting up that um, real nice, it's you know, the temporary but good fence that goes into the ground. Um, 
curious to see if adding another field um, maybe changes some some thought process people play on. I know, like I mentioned earlier, with the with the balls in the bucket on the dirt yard, uh, you can definitely get some scuffs on these on the balls. Whereas if we go over to the all grass field, uh, if it's any different at all for guys doing different things, running, fielding, I don't know if that kind of changes the way people are playing. If they're going to want to play on certain fields or not, even though the dirt yard's obviously going to be the nicer, better field. Um, some guys may want to play on that grass knowing they're not going to get a scuff on a clean ball or they're not going to have to worry about trying to field a ground ball in the dirt where it's coming so much faster than on the, on the grass on the other field. So that's something I think is really intriguing coming into this new year. If we can get that uh, field set up to where our league can do that, where we're playing, you know, multiple games at a time out there, getting more people out to the, out to the dirt yard because we are having two games at the same time. That way it's even more camaraderie in our league and trying to get the best atmosphere possible. So that's something I'm really looking looking at this year for Circle City. And I, I need to be one of the guys that helps helps do all that as well. I know I'm out there a lot doing stuff for Wiffle Ball. Um but I think I think that's something that'd be really, really good for our league in this upcoming year and in future years. And I think it it's time it's time to maybe start taking that uh that next step with the field and stuff like that. So my last event was United Wiffle Ball and National Championship. My biggest takeaway from this is something that I think everybody already knows, but I'm just going to kind of reemphasize it that in order to win a tournament like that, a two-day National Championship tournament, 40, 40 teams in it, that every single person on your team at some point is going to have to grind something out. Whether they're a pitcher that's like going to have to like grind out that extra game, kind of like Evanish did this year for the usual suspects in the championship. It was obvious that he was in a lot of pain throwing and just continued to grind out that entire game in order to give them the chance to win with, until their bats kind of took over there at the end. Um, or whether you're just a hitter that um, needs to come up in a big spot, you've been struggling at the dish the whole day and need to kind of lock in, maybe have a good at bat, foul off a couple of pitches to wear down a guy in order for you to get something that you can actually handle and hit. I think I think that like kind of grind out mentality for the national championship is something that every single every single player on the team will have to have at least one point in order to win the tournament. Um, if you if not, everybody has to do that. Um, I think you're either going to lose or or I guess you, everything just went your way and it was completely perfect. Which I don't feel like to win the national championship everything's going to go your way and be perfect like that. I don't, I don't think that's a tournament where, where it works like that. That's a tournament that you have to earn it. You have to earn every single game, especially come Sunday, Saturday night, Sunday, you have to earn really every single out at that point. And in order to earn, what is it? Five games of five innings um, in a row. Like that's a, that's a lot of outs that you got to earn both, both pitching and, and at the plate to to win a tournament like that so that grinded out mentality um is something that i think just coming from like me or like the circle city circle city guys going forward i think it's something that we should be putting a little bit more at the forefront if we really want to come out and like win win a a national championship tournament like like you whiffs another take i have just kind of into this upcoming year that we started a little bit last year 
with the UFs and just kind of the whole cut ball game in general is all the different equipment that I feel like people can get comfortable with in order to produce and succeed at that style. Coming from clean ball where everybody's using, you know, a clean ball and a yellow bat, uh, there's not really a lot of variability in what you're using. Yeah, there's different, you know, generations of the wiffle ball bat, but honestly, if you if you put the same grip on all of them and told me to hold them in my hands with my eyes closed, I probably couldn't tell you the difference between a Gen 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, however many there are with the wiffle ball bats. Whereas, like, the cut ball style, having, you know, nerfs, modded nerfs, walk-offs, screwball bats, um, there's the walk, the walk of moonshots. There's so many different kind of bats and just different kind of cuts that you can put on the ball. I think really figuring out what you're comfortable with and what you can produce the best with is something that takes a little bit of time and takes some practice and thought actually into it. I know, I know I'm a guy that I'm constantly tinkering with things, whether that's bats or in my cuts or different stuff right now. Um, just because I feel like you can always get better and you can always try to be more efficient with what you're doing. Um, I think that cut ball style is the style that really allows for that kind of creativity with it in order to really hone in exactly what you need. And that's definitely a takeaway that I think people on the East Coast are, they've been probably thinking about that and doing that for years. That's nothing new. Honestly, most people for the Midwest, probably that's not really new. Um, really when I'm really talking about that cut ball style, but it's definitely something that I think uh people should take more time and probably doing, um, especially if they wanna succeed. I there's there's so many things that you can just kind of change that are small that I think really really help yourself going forward that might be a small change. Like for me for me this year was one of my better hitting years and the slight difference that I made to my to my modded nerf bats was going from a 33 inch to a 34 inch on my nerf um just that one extra inch for some reason just felt so much smoother through the zone and maybe going out out over the plate on different pitches that i felt like while it felt the same in my hand the weight was still the same um for some reason it just gave me a much more efficient bat path like through the zone inspired i guess more confidence hitting that is just something that it took me a few years to get there it took me a couple years to try to figure out what what I needed to do and what I wanted to use in order to get to get better and hitting and stuff. And I think I think the same can go for how you cut your ball. I mean, you can have certain cuts on your ball that may get may get way more movement or may get um, way more accuracy. And I think just finding something that you can be comfortable with and efficient with is something that uh, needs to happen before you win before you win a tournament um, like my opening day or or United Wiffle Ball. Just because there's there's so many different things you can do with it. It really is like um, playing baseball where, you know, some people swing a drop three, 32 inch bat where others can swing, you know, a 34 inch that is a drop zero and get through the zone with a great um, or how some people hold a baseball slider a little bit different than others. Or some people spike their pointer finger into a curveball. like just small little changes like that. I think really come to the forefront of the cup ball game in order to kind of win tournaments, having something that you're completely comfortable with and completely trust that entire weekend in order to go out and win, win either a mall tournament or a UF championship or kind of anything kind of revolving cup ball like that. 
So yeah, these are my thoughts on the uh, kind of five events that I played in last year that I'm kind of taking with me going into this new year. I'm hoping I'm hoping I can add a few more events into this into this year from last year. I you know I live in Indiana, so I'm close enough where I can try to make it to to Leroy one night to play in one of their league nights, maybe even play up in an in an horrible league or something on Sunday just to kind of kind of get into those more and get out there. I know several people from Northwest Indiana come down and play in Circle City. Um, I'm hoping maybe I can add Leroy and Orable into this, into these kind of events, try to get it up there to six or seven events that I kind of compete in and participate in this upcoming year. So that's another thing I'm kind of looking forward to. But yeah, these are my takeaways uh, coming into this new year wiffle ball in 2024. And I'll be looking forward to hosting this podcast again next Thursday.